resistance towards harm reduction usually consists of some idea that the world needs to be perfect. But that's not how reality works. Uh, we need to create systems where people can um, take safer, uh, make safer decisions for themselves and give them the options to do so. Hello world, welcome to the Vaping Unplugged podcast. Everything you need to know about vaping and tobacco harm reduction. Hello everyone and welcome to Vaping Unplugged podcast. Everything you need to know about tobacco harm reduction. Today, uh, we are coming back after a little break. Last week, we did not release a podcast because we celebrated World Vape Day. And also, uh, WVA team was in Brussels to celebrate World No Tobacco Day. And today, uh, I'm joined by Carissa During, uh, a director of Considerate Pouchers, who also joined us in Brussels last week. Carissa is from Sweden. She's uh, working a lot on advancing uh, harm reduction in Sweden and beyond and uh, promote Swedish model uh, in the European Union. So uh, we will talk today a little bit about WVA's activities in Brussels last week and generally about uh, the Swedish model as well, since it's uh, such an important uh, highlight of the year for us. But uh, before we start, Carissa, uh, I would like to ask you to also introduce yourself to our audience and talk a little bit about the work that Considerate Pouchers is doing and, uh, and your work. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm Carissa. Uh, during the days, I study clinical psychology in Sweden. And the rest of the time, I work for Considerate Pouchers uh, as a director for Sweden. And Considerate Pouchers is a consumer advocacy group that gathers like-minded people who um, are use pouchers, pouchers users or um, friends of SNUS. And we are trying to promote um, SNUS and nicotine pouches so that it will not be overregulated or banned or uh, and also available in more countries so that the consumers can access their uh, favorite nicotine products in more countries worldwide so we hope to play a big role in uh, advocate advocating harm reduction and uh, as well making the world a smoke-free place that's uh, such a beautiful goal, and I think um, it's so uh, it's so important that even even though Sweden is moving towards um, kind of eliminating tobacco smoking completely, there is there is still uh, a lot of work to do to actually allow people to uh, consume that required nicotine that they need to. Um, that they are used to and but uh before we move on there could you also tell us a little bit more how actually did you become an advocate for snooze and uh an advocate for harm reduction yeah so um i started out being very politically active um since i was 16 years old so i've always been very engaged in uh, society and uh, questions about um how we should build our society and what we should do with it. And I've always uh, thought that harm reduction is a super important idea because when you think there are the, the 
resistance towards harm reduction usually consists of some idea that the world needs to be perfect. But that's not how reality works. Uh, we need to create systems where people can um, take safer, uh, make safer decisions for themselves and give them the options to do so. Um, so that's something that I've always thought was very important. And my own journey, I mean, I've actually started out as a smoker. I wasn't a daily smoker, but um, I was smoking uh, a lot during parties and social events, and it was a very increasing kind of thing once I was introduced to it. And then um, one year later, one and a half year later, I was introduced to um, nicotine pouches, the tobacco-free uh, version. And I was like, wow, this is great. So, um, that allowed me to switch from smoking into using um, nicotine pouches instead, which is very beneficial for my health. Um, so I'm very happy that I didn't have to take the smoke, smoking route, route just because I wanted to consume nicotine and that I enjoyed consuming nicotine. Um, and always since when I went abroad and I saw a lot of people smoking, um, I've always felt like there are better alternatives to this. But I've also known that it hasn't been uh, as widely recognized. So I usually go around with everyone, telling them about snus, showing them how what it looks like, making them try it. And uh, I've always said that, oh, I should really do this because I do it just naturally anyways, because I think it's uh, so important. So uh, yeah, and here we are now. Now I'm actually doing this uh, professionally. <laughs> yes, and you're actually so right because um, it is true, our world is not perfect, and uh, we all have different temptations in life. We all have different, uh, I wouldn't say addictions, but some things that we like and we are used to that become our habits, like also coffee, also like for some people being in their phone all the time, being in, on social media. So. Uh, mm -hmm many, many other things, also eating lots of sugar. So there is a lot of things that kind of you, that are part of our daily lives and doesn't mean that you just have to uh, ban everything. Imagine the world, um, kind of perfect world, but it wouldn't be possible. Um, also, almost all of us at World Vapors Alliance are former smokers. And I think that for me personally, uh, it was a life-changing experience to change to less harmful alternatives. Um, and I, I wish uh, there was more awareness about it in, um, in my country, but also everywhere else where, where you go. And there is a still very high rate of, uh, of smokers, of traditional smokers. So mm -hmm. I think it's very important to keep raising awareness because at the end of the day, some people don't really know about, uh, about the alternative and uh, that or it's not affordable, or it's not as um, as satisfactory in terms of the regulation. Um, but to talk a little bit about snooze, uh, just to introduce to our audience who does who might not know much about it, what is snooze, and how did it become popular, and why is it so popular in Sweden, but then everywhere else not so much. Um. Yeah, so Snus um, basically is a smoke-free product um, that you, it's small 
almost like small tea bags and in them you have a, a kind of wet tobacco or um, with the new tobacco free alternatives it's like nicotine uh, and some other products uh, that you put under your lip and then you keep it in there for like 30 30 minutes 60 minutes usually and uh, the nicotine becomes absorbed through that oral mucosa which is like the lining inside of the of the mouth basically so that's a little about um, the usage and what it is and uh, the thing is in Sweden we have a very long history of sinus um, so it's very rooted in our culture um, so as many might know like the tobacco came to or nicotine and tobacco came to Sweden in the 1960s or 1560s sorry <laughs> and um, so the queen Catherine de Medici, she had very problems with migraines. So her doctor recommended her to like ground and tobacco leaves and then inhale it. So she did that and that helped her a lot. And uh, through that, it went it spread uh, throughout Europe. And Sweden um, was very influenced. Um, so we started using it a lot here in Sweden. It was very popular. And then in the 1600s, like in Europe, the interest faded eventually. But in Sweden, something very interesting happened uh, because the inhaling process of using um, tobacco leaves weren't very appealing for uh, the farmers here because they needed to have both of their hands free when they were working. So what they started doing is that they started growing their own tobacco leaves and then grinding it into a mass that you can put under your lip. And this became very, very popular because it was very um, usable or it was a good way to use uh, nicotine and also be uh, in tobacco and be able to do other things at the same time. So. In 1922, uh, the industry picked up this and they produced the first um, industry produced snus, which was uh, Junglas, who produced Ettan. And uh, that product actually still exists today, which is very cool. And the industry just um, increased. It was very, very popular and it can continue to grow. And then during the 1970s, they uh, released the pouched version. So before this, it was like a loose, uh, wet mass that you would put together, you would shape it yourself and you put it in. And then in the 70s, uh, 70s they put that in the small tea bags as uh, it's mostly used today. So that was also very uh, revolutionary to making it more accessible throughout Sweden. And then the next big revolution that was uh, in 2016, where the first tobacco-free alternative to SNUS was released. So before they were all very heavy influenced by the tobacco flavor. And it wasn't very appealing for, like usually it was elderly males in like 30s, 60s that were um, heavily, use, using, uh, heavily using SNUS, but not so much women and not so much uh, the younger population. But since the tobacco-free alternative was released, it came out in all kinds of different flavors. You have mint, you have apple, you have espresso, like all kinds of things. That was much more appealing to the Swedish um, Swedish women and Swedish youth. So then we can see that after that, the also those kinds, those 
groups, they also started switching from smoking to uh, using SNFs and nicotine pouches instead, which is also very much reflected in our uh, smoking rates. I mean, uh, between six, people between 16 and 29 years old, um, the smoking rates uh, for daily usage has lowered from around 8% to somewhere below uh, 5%, which is a huge decrease in just a few years, which is really cool. Uh, so you can really see that impact and as you can see it's very heavily rooted in our culture. I mean we've had it, this for over 200 years, um, which is very cool. Um, which also also speaks for how useful it is. I mean if it wouldn't have been good or useful, we wouldn't have it today. So I think that's also very cool and important to emphasize that this isn't a new product. Uh, it's been around for a very long time. Wow, this is uh, such a wonderful story. I, I did not expect uh, such a rich history uh, of snooze. Um, and it's really fascinating because I remember uh, first time I saw uh, at some of the events, uh, people from nor Northern Europe were bringing nicotine pouches and I could never understand what, it, what is going on. Why, uh, why is everyone having a, a small pillow under their lip? It's such uh, it's a beautiful story, and it's kind of uh, I think the history, the uh, the amount of time it's been uh, in in use, and the amount of people speaks for itself. You're totally right uh, that you know you, you cannot change history, and you cannot uh, you can imagine, but you cannot change it. Um, but then. Uh, could you talk a little bit about Sweden becoming uh, the first smoke-free country um, on the policy level? Is uh, is news supported uh, on the policy level, and how uh, how did the Swedish uh, political climate help it? Yeah. So um, if we go back to like when Sweden um, entered the EU, because snus the tobacco version it's banned within the european union um but because it was so rooted in our culture we uh we were like this is the one thing we need an exception from so uh sweden has an exception for that in the in general the tobacco free alternative is not um banned so that is more widely available but that's also um one of the reasons why sweden has had an advantage here because we could use this product and um, in comparison to a lot of other countries which didn't have the alternative and of course when you present people with an alternative um, that is healthier they will also uh, usually make very smart decisions for themselves and switch so uh, political level today Sweden has um, a harm reduction approach um, there is also idea of uh, that a night idealistic idea of like a tobacco-free society but the idea is that those two aren't competing ideas you need both is the general idea in sweden um so you can see that um there is a difference in uh, taxation between for example cigarettes and snus which is more reflective of um the actual damage that it is doing which is very nice and yeah i think uh, in general, we are very positive, um, but it's just always a fight because there are people that are, or organizations that are fighting more for like the oh we need to like abandon nicotine as a whole, and we need to um, 
tax it uh, higher the taxes so there's a lot of movements like that there's um also some movements um that wants to ban the flavors for example which is a huge part of why the tobacco-free nicotine pouches actually became um very um became a favorable alternative for a lot of other groups um so there are some um there's a fight in Sweden a little bit, yeah. But in the uh, in general, we are very very fond of our snus. The people is very fond of their snus, and they know that it's a better alternative. So, um, yeah. It seems like uh, Sweden has really the risk-based approach. So, what brings you the most harm? It has higher taxes. Is uh, less supported. What uh, is less and less harmful has lower and lower taxation. So it's kind of damage management. I guess. Exactly. And also creating incentives. Um, that's the idea. Like if it doesn't make sense. Um, I mean, the argument is a, a lot for smoking. It's, of course, uh, reducing smoking rates. That's one argument. But also um, getting um, the money that will cover the damages that it's done. So the cost, the societal costs. And snus, for example, it doesn't have... Um, those kinds of damaging effects that smoking does so it doesn't make sense to um have the same taxation levels because um we don't the societal damage is super low in comparison so that's also important that that's reflected reflected in the taxation yeah it makes a lot of sense because if you have to treat uh, a lot more patients with cancer, lots of uh, uh, patients with lung damage. Of course, you have to, the cost increases. Um, and then on flavors as well, I remember last year there was a proposal for the flavor ban. Uh, and uh, it seems that since the proposal failed, there is not more discussion about it or there is still a, an option on the table um so of course there is a discussion but i think uh, the opinion is very um pro flavors um since like the usage has gone up so much um the people wants this they uh enjoy the products they think they are good alternatives so i think in general it's a hard sell to try to ban uh, flavors at least uh, within Sweden. Um, the bigger risk, uh, I suppose, is actually on EU level um, because that's where you don't have the same kind of... Um, well, snus and nicotine pouches is not a familiar product in that context, so there's a lot of people uh, that are afraid of what it is, they don't know a lot about it, and they are uninformed, so um, there's this idea that the flavors are dangerous and that's going to appeal to a wider audience and that's going to make, uh, they think it's going to have bad consequences. And of course, um, flavors make things a bit more appealing, but that's also a good thing because that makes people switch from smoking to uh, nicotine pouches. And that is what we've seen in Sweden when, like before, when it were just a tobacco flavor. Um, a lot of people didn't want them because they didn't like it. So it's the alternatives that help people also make better decisions for themselves, for themselves because they can also enjoy it. Exactly, exactly. And just as a 
introduction to our audience that last year uh, WVA was running a big uh, Flavors Matter campaign um, since we saw a lot of uh, threats to have flavors in, in Sweden, in Netherlands, um, in other countries. And uh, you can also learn more about it. And still, uh, there is still a risk that uh, there might be flavor ban in some other countries. So you can always uh, go to WVA's website and learn more and contact your policymakers and tell them your story, how flavors helped you switch to from smoking to vaping or other um, alternative to, to traditional tobacco. Um, but then to come back uh, to the European Union and the discussion about it, uh, how would you see, in your opinion, how can EU reach the same results as Sweden? Because Sweden is ahead by 17 years and uh, EU is still deliberating every other day about the future of the uh, tobacco products, of nicotine products. And so uh, it's still a kind of... Uh, uh, at the back of everybody's uh, head when we are thinking about the future. So what would be, um, uh, for you as a Swede, what would be your vision, how the EU could reach the same result? Yeah, so um, first of all, I think that the EU should open up um, the alternatives. It doesn't have to be nicotine pouches, it doesn't have to be SNUS. It works in Sweden, I think it will work in uh, a lot of other countries too. It's not just Sweden that this will work for. But maybe some cultures um, would prefer another alternative. Maybe um, vaping is more preferable, for example, in other countries, of course. And who knows, there might be alternatives that doesn't exist on the market yet. So I think um, that is a big part of it, just allowing more alternatives and not being afraid of the alternatives um, and looking actually looking to the science um, because it's all in the science that that's where we see that this is actually less harmful and that's what we should base our regulation upon not just the feeling um, that oh this is bad and can have bad effects so um, and then of course uh, as we've talked a lot about not being afraid of flavors either because that's a huge part of why these are successful products and uh, I should I think also they should look uh, in the EU a bit more um, that we shouldn't have the if, if we're gonna have taxation on these products uh, it should reflect the damage that it's also doing uh, it should not be the same for all of these pr products because these products are not the same. Um, they have different uh, damage profiles. They have different benefits. So that's something that you should absolutely, um, it should be reflected uh, also in the taxation. So I think those are the main parts that I think uh, that you actually should um, look at Sweden to see uh, how that can be done. Definitely. Um... And then also, uh, just as a kind of the finale of this conversation, uh, last week when we were in Brussels together uh, and we had the press conference together with members of the parliament, um, and then later on as, uh, as we talk with other members of parliament or generally with the representatives of the civil society in, uh, in Brussels, in EU, you see a lot of uh, common sense in this, in, in advocacy and in uh, 
promoting uh, sensible legislation, risk-based legislation, and I really hope that these voices will be heard. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today and in Brussels. Uh, I think it was really great to have that conversation together uh, side by side with uh, with the policymakers as uh, they have to hear our voices. They have to hear uh, what the consumers have to say. They have to hear uh, from the experience of Sweden. They have to hear of what the issues are in other uh, member states, uh, more on the local level. And um, yeah, because it's... Uh, it's very easy to get lost in all of the news, in all of the talks and discussions, but then at the end of the day, you need to sort of uh, isolate yourself from the noise and and to listen to what actually people want and need. And what they need is, uh, uh, is harm reduction. It's not the uh, prohibition. It's not the complete bans. It's uh, not to live in the perfect world. It's to... Uh, let people make their own choices, I think. Yeah, totally. And as you say, I mean, we're all stronger together. It's something that we're doing to, we need to do together and um, help each other out because it's important. Definitely. It saves lives. Well, we can say, uh, usually we say at the end of um, testimonials that people give to us, we say vaping saves lives. I guess today we can say harm reduction saves lives. And I think it's a very important message to uh, up there to those people who, who make the decisions for us. So, uh, Carissa, thank you so much for joining us. We will link... Uh, to the website of Considerate Pouchers and to their social media in the description of the video. So to anybody interested in learning more uh, about the work of Considerate Pouchers, please visit their website. Um, we will also link the WVA's campaign on flavors and on supporting and celebrating Swedish model. And stay tuned for the next episode next week. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, and thank you for having me. It's a pleasure.